0: Welcome to Central Queensland Region's Leading and Learning Podcast. These are informal conversations between leaders about educational issues and initiatives. We share them to inspire and inform you so that you may have a greater influence through your instructional leadership. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land across Central Queensland on which we play, learn and work. I respect and honour Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander elders past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander educators I work alongside of. I recognise the stories, traditions, and living cultures of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island peoples on this land and commit to building a brighter future together. Hi, I'm Trudy Graham, your host for the show. I'm an Assistant Regional Director in Central Queensland based in Rockhampton. And today, I'm just absolutely delighted to introduce Deb Dunstan. Deb is the Acting Deputy Director-General for Early Childhood and Education Improvement. Welcome to the podcast, Deb. It's great to have you. Thanks, Trudy.
1: Fabulous to be here and talking to all of my friends in CQ.
0: And, Deb, I have to tell you, you're the first person from central office, I'm sure. I've gone back and looked at all the past episodes and, and for that matter, the first person out of our region. So it's great to have you, and, and yet you are uh, have got connections to CQ, so it might be feeling like you're coming home again, perhaps.
1: Yeah, absolutely, um, and I've spent a lot of time in different parts of CQ in my career, and um, in each and every location, it's been fabulous. So pleasure to be talking today, all things kindergarten.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a great conversation. And Deb, just before we kick off, and maybe it's connected, but what are you feeling proud about
1: right now? I'm probably feeling most proud about leading the largest reform in kindergarten uh, in a decade. And it's a privilege whatever work we do, but it's always exciting to be leading something that I guess the sector have been asking for for a long time. But more importantly, as teachers and educators, We know that a great start for children is the right work, so I'm proud of that and I'm proud that my previous roles as regional director and leading the disability and inclusion work across Queensland kind of led me to this point that whatever we were looking at, it always came back to a really strong start and our best intervention for children is in the early years. So that's a privilege and I'm really proud to be rolling this out and looking forward to the start of 2023, uh, to see this, you know, for families and communities in any part of Queensland, to see that kindy is more accessible to them.
0: And Deb, I'm glad you mentioned your previous roles, and particularly as you mentioned the inclusion one. I guess what I'm most proud of right now, and I'm starting to reflect on semester one, because we only have a few weeks left, but I'm really proud of how our school leaders have really embraced the inclusion work, particularly what's going on in CQ right now, but the reform pieces that are at play and how they step into the space and take up that leadership in their schools and in their communities, as you've quite rightly emphasised. So Deb, you've set the scene for us. We're going to be talking all things kindy and there's some really significant changes on the horizon. So would you like to step us into this space?
1: Yeah, thanks, Trudy. And uh, I mean, I'd also acknowledge the awesome work that everyone has done across what's been a really tricky semester. And, you know, we talk about COVID, but I don't think we often talk about the impact that it has on families and children and schools and educators. And what we all do best all day, every day, and right across our careers, is look after children and families and students. When I think about kindy, it's actually about the moment that a family puts their trust into an educator and there's something special about that time and I think whether you've been a parent or if you fondly remember or you've seen a teacher or you're in the early years you know that that's a really important moment when a little person is handed over to a lifetime of education. What's been interesting in kindergarten in Queensland is that it hasn't been accessible to everyone or affordable and what the excitement of this announcement, and it primarily is about accessibility and affordability. So it's all that great work about inclusion of going, there's a group of children in Queensland that historically have not had access to what we know in the year before school is really important early years work. Whether they're from an Indigenous background, disability, vulnerable family, low socioeconomic, whatever filter of vulnerability we put over, Then we have data in Queensland that says that those children don't go. With the Minister, you know, bravely announcing a reform of kindergarten in Queensland, an investment of over $200 million in the year before school. So we're talking a lot of money to actually start that pathway really strong. There are many children who might have been in long daycare or, or other aspects of family daycare, but kindy is with a qualified teacher. And I think that's the bit for us. And I, I sometimes think about the kindy space and people will say, oh, but is it really our work? I'm like, yeah, it's absolutely our work. It's our work to think about a great start and to think about what that year looks like. So what we'll see in the package predominantly for families, and there's some really cool little things, there'll be a, a little bit of a calculator, there's always got to be a gimmicky thing, but we actually want to talk to families about it's more affordable than you think. And you can type in your address and your postcode and if you tell us that you've got a healthcare card or you've got a disability, that's going to kind of, you know, come up with talk to your local centre and kindy for you may well be free. And we do expect that there'll be about 14,000 children across uh, Queensland that for next year kindy will be free and a sliding scale based on where you live and your socioeconomic status around that. So that's a game changer. That means that, you know, in regions and in our early years teams that sit in regional offices, we'll actually be able to start to really go, well, who's not going to kindy and why not? And can we support that community to see those little people make a great start? And and that's probably where I sort of talk to, you know, the, the work in clusters and partnerships and whether it's Connect for Children or just a local network of educational leaders our shout out to the principals is, do you know your kindies around you and are you really connected? And there's something special when you say it like that. And Then you go and each of them have a qualified teacher. For whom they may be the only teacher in that service or on that site, how connected are they to your prep teachers? And, and so there's some really different and interesting work when we just sort of go, okay, uh, the Queensland Government, you know, who employ us as well, are now investing a lot of money into kindy and we know that it's with an educator and we know it's the year before school. And just like in secondary, we often talk about, you know, transition beyond year 12, what are the careers, what are the opportunities, are people set up for success? We want to have the same conversation in the early phase of so we want to Little people set up for success in schools and schools ready for little people, not little people ready for schools.
0: Yeah, and Deb, I love the way you framed that because it just speaks to so many opportunities. Yeah. So when we think about the role of the principal in the kindergarten space, what would you start to imagine that could be like or that or the principal should be considering?
1: Yeah, Um Great question, Trudy. And I think it's the little things. And I think it goes to our definition about rethinking transition. So you can say transition and in all of our careers we kind of jump to, oh, is that the day at the end of term three or term four? Is that is she talking about when we invite the kinder kids up to show and tell? And I'd say, yeah, no, I'm not talking about that day. I'm talking about the collegial relationship the little things that we might do and I was working with a group of principals the other day and they were doing a great piece of work that I'm also proud of which is the oral language work in the teaching of reading and you know they're all assembled and then they just ask a little question are the kindy teachers here and it's like Invite them to those things as well. So it's not always about what the children are coming to, it's actually how connected that teacher is. And we've recently, as part of the Kindy reform, given further money to kindergartens across Queensland called Kindy Uplift, which was to invest in the capability of the educator. So they too have resources and a connection and an opportunity to do a few things a bit differently. I think when we talk about, you know, how frequently the kindy kids visit the primary school, so is that just, you know, a more regular activity, not just a one-day event? Are our speech-language pathologists and guidance officers in tune with the cohort coming in? Have we done good case management early entry work? Where we've got ECDPs working beside kindies and schools, that triangle, that partnership, that three-way kind of connection? Do we know those? So I'd say to principals, it's about making sure that you're giving permission to your other support staff that work in your school to know that kindy is the year before school and how connected are we? And when you ask that question, everyone will have an idea of, oh, wow, we've got under eights week and we don't normally invite the kindy because they do their own thing, but let's do something together. Sometimes it's about the preps going back to kindy and visiting and seeing the next group coming through and talking to them about what big schools like. It's all the little things that we do that actually just have us thinking about them as part of our school community. When you kind of put that lens on and just write it up on your whiteboard principles and just go, kindy is part of my school community and look at it every day and it's the little things that that might trigger and that adds up to a great transitional year uh, as opposed to a transition program. Again as you were speaking Deb I couldn't help but think about
0: it's really a team responsibility like it's not just one person there's so many people that can step into this space and help by doing a little thing, but collectively it would really add up. I know schools that have a bit of a schedule of multiple visits to their centres, and that, of course, includes kindergartens and kindy programs, different visits for different purposes, but that ongoing relationship and connection.
1: It costs us nothing to invite them to relevant professional development whether they can come or not, you know, but the invitation also then creates that confidence that the kindy teacher has in their local school. And there's some interesting data. Um, and as we've been doing some market research in the department about how parents choose schools, we wouldn't be surprised to know that the kindy teacher is one of the most influential people in a parent's life about which school do you think will be great for my little person and so for some principals just thinking about that going "Mm, they're the best champion of my school and will have confidence to families that this is a great place to come and in competitive um you know in lots of places in cq as we know you know it every state school is the school of choice and the only school in town. But there's certainly pockets in the region where that's not true. And um, knowing that your kindy is confident that you're the best school in their catchment and area to go to is also really important. And that confidence comes when they can say, oh, I know who the guidance officer is. Actually, the speech language pathologist is terrific. And I've met the prep teachers and we popped up the other day, we did a tuck shop excursion. So some things are just so little that, you know, the kids did an excursion to the tuck shop and bought their lunch outside of the school lunch break and and travelled back to the kindy. And they'd done that for a whole range of reasons as part of the kindy and early years um, framework there. But they're just those little opportunities that go yeah, wow, keep it really simple is what I like to say. It is that kind of KISS principle. I'm not expecting principals to suddenly go, oh, now I've got all this extra work that I'm expected to do as a principal. I think we're just expected to have a really open mind to a very good transitional year. And now with the knowledge that we're investing in families to go, if you asked me, Trudy, what would um, I hope for? I would hope that kindy is as successful as PrEP was when we first introduced PrEP and that is every child just went and then suddenly someone said, oh, we should make PrEP compulsory and most people scratched their heads and said, but isn't it already because everybody already goes? I'd love kindy for Queensland to become so normalised that everybody goes and are included and welcomed.
0: Deb, that's a a wonderful vision, and I think it's something that all of us sign up for because we know the benefit for our our little people in that experience. So you mentioned the calculator. What else is in the package for families, Deb?
1: Um, Yeah, so it's predominantly about affordability, and then um, so that means that, you know, Kindergartens won't need to charge some families, um, so that will be kind of, you know, pre-funded by the department. It also means that we're putting in further money around my favourite topic, inclusion. So we acknowledge that for some kindergartens, they haven't yet experienced the full range of a cohort that might attend and so investing in the capability of those educators to think through the lens of inclusion is a a critical component. So there's about $19 million in the package that will go to inclusion through a couple of avenues. One is around additional needs that children might have and then the confidence and capability of the educator. We're also going to open up and still in the consultation phase around some of this, some support agencies that will partner with kindergartens in the same way Way that state schools benefit from relationships with guide dogs or Vision Australia, experts in their field, the autism hub that we can tap into when, you know, we have a student that we go mm, not so sure what I should do next or I've got my first child with Down syndrome coming into prep and I'm not sure what to do and we've had the privilege as an agency of having relationships with those organisations so we're keen to talk to them about their footprint in kindergarten as well and plan to make that just as seamless as it is for schools as in if I don't know what I should do, or what the next strategy is for that child to be successful, I know who to call um, to get some expert advice and support. So that's also sits in the package. It's a like you know, you know, I love a good triangle of support, but it is that universal and targeted support um, that will go up. The central governing bodies that support. Um, Many of our kindergartens outside of the long daycare sector are well positioned to also provide that support. And so through coaches and mentors, I guess we are building a a system that is uh, forward-facing and future funded. I think the other great announcement in all of this is often our kindy funding has been year-on-year funding. So people haven't been able to plan forward. This announcement by government is that it's recurrent funding. So forever we'll be investing in kindy in the year before. So the moment something's not a program um, and becomes something that we know is going to be ongoing, gives us a chance to rethink um, and reshape. Fantastic. And as you were talking
0: about the inclusion work, I, again, couldn't help but think about the win-win in that space between that connection of kindies and schools and transition but sharing and building capability and expertise uh, in in inclusive education, but also in knowing and catering for little people in their transition.
1: And, And, you know, as this works in schools and communities, then, you know, that little mystery that we've sometimes had of, oh, I didn't realise the preps that were coming or I didn't know that I'd end up with, you know, um, we shouldn't have that. you know. We should know that data um, in the year before school and the planning of, of good kindergarten programs um, as to who's coming and what their needs are and how we're well positioned to start strong in that space. That builds, I guess, that nice picture that we've had. We often talk in the agency around K2 And, you know, the success and the measures of what happens in prep year one and year two is measured by a great start to kindy. So the team here over many years have done some awesome work in the kindergarten space as regional teams have done. But I have to tell you Trudy, the excitement of knowing that, you know, that culminates now in a program that moves forward, that the sector's supported, that families are supported, and that there's a strong connection to education is kind of like the golden triangle coming
0: Deb, you mentioned K2 and one of the toolkits for principals in this space is, of course, the K2 dashboards as we refer to them. Can you talk to us a
1: little bit about that tool and how that supports this work? because yeah, that's your job, Trudy, as an ARD. So I'm hoping I let's start interviewing you now in this podcast to just check that you've been meeting with your schools, sharing the data, um, but just in the same way that we had a reflection tool in the disability and inclusion space. We've built a very similar reflection tool. It's got the same look and feel around your K2 data in a school. So it points you to the things that you might not know. So it's a good little cheat sheet of, wow, how many services have I actually got that feed into? My school, and do I know where they all are and how many children are at them? So, the K2 data placemat gives you some of that information, but it also points to the data that we hold in schools around things like suspensions, so days lost to learning, that points to good early intervention and age appropriate programs and processes that might need to be put in place. So, it helps a school reflect on who's come from kindy? So my favourite question, as you might know, to ask a principal and perfect at this time of the year is how many children in prep went to kindy last year? And, you know, I would hope that every principal can answer that and say, well, actually, you know, only half of this group did. And that very next question that we're working with them in this cluster arrangement is are we working hard to make sure that all kids in this community are now coming to kindy? And that will be a different piece of work for us next year. You can imagine, you know, the Minister will be very motivated to know that we've got as many children as possible now going to kindy, giving the level of investment. But we're also going to work with regions and regional teams and clusters around, I guess, a bit of a data heat map of who isn't going to kindy and why? And is there a new piece of work or a different piece of work that we need to partner with that um, school community around? And it could be, and if I, I give an example, you know, if we think of Gladstone and we suddenly see that there's, you know, 50 children not going to kindy, having a conversation, realising that a proportion of um, a significant proportion are perhaps Indigenous, then is that the role for the CEC and a network and an outside agency and a few others to give confidence to a family that kindy will be a safe place to go and it will be culturally appropriate and, and some things that, you know, point to some of the pieces of work that are in front of us. So the K2 data dashboard, if your friendly ARD hasn't yet shown that to you, Every region has those for all schools, and I'm sure in CQ they've been widely distributed. They're just a great conversation. And I think on the back page, it's that usual reflection for a school um, predominantly about their performance in prep to year two, but actually looking at it through the window of, wow, we do even, you know, potentially have an even stronger start to prep in year one if we had high confidence in children having been through a kindy program with a kindy teacher. And Deb, I feel like I
0: am now sitting in the hot seat and taking one for the CQ ARD <laughs> team. But I can reassure you that just recently all of the dashboards across central Queensland were emailed out to all of our schools. So, yes, they do have them. I can also affirm for you that the question, how many of your prep kids attended kindy, was on our focus document for conversation in our round of school visits this term. And I can assure you that the K2 dashboard will be a feature going forward, especially with this amazing work unfolding before us.
1: So, you know, it's... Well done, Trudy, to you and the team. So, that's good to hear. I think the other piece about school data and our conversation around school improvement is in primary schools, we've often looked at the P6 data, And it's actually a different data set in a school when you break it down P2. So what's been really nice in that is that principals have had some really different conversations because when they've looked at P6, it just, you can't help. It's kind of, you know, their good work of all their good intervention, you know, but when they actually look at P2, it it highlights some different areas of work and go, "Mm, wow, I know we're working really hard to say, you know, a good early years pedagogy shouldn't see any child suspended in prep. That That's not the response or the age-appropriate way to support good transitions. So having a good look at some of that data and go yeah actually what are our processes and practice and, and that's perhaps not the approach that we need and I know that regions and schools are are really thinking about yeah what does that look like supporting a little person because that's usually about transition and you know not being able to follow a routine or instruction and it's not always about just being so explicitly naughty that that means you know we need to be suspended from school sometimes that's about about teachers um, feeling confident and having a range of strategies and support and different supports for different children. So I think through that lens, it just provides a great conversation, lots of um, really quality work. Like it's full of highlights as to what's really working. So it's not, it's to actually then expand on that. And uh, we built it, and I know Grant and the team who are are really proud of it, um, built it to, to kind of think through What's next and what else could we do? So stretch our thinking and plan forward.
0: Yes, and Deb, I can also vouch that the tool is really powerful in cluster conversations. So when you have a group of principals around the table with their dashboard, especially when they're um, sitting in the same communities, the insights that come from that are really
1: powerful. And we've also shared with the kindergartens that have been in the pilot for Kindy Uplift, um, which was the investment in the capability of the staff in that centre, we've given them a similar data set so that they're actually really also looking at their the vulnerability data that sits in their community and who comes. So that great AEDC work that we often see in schools, but reflecting that back to go, you know, these are the types of children um, and the areas that they may need some focus in. Um, it's certainly not about the teaching of reading and writing in kindergarten. it's about having children ready for learning and feeling you know well adjusted, supported, and ready for a lifetime of of success so that's that's the intent.
0: yeah, thanks Deb and I'm just curious. What's the plan to get the message out across Queensland and into our communities around this vision that we have every child in kindy?
1: Well, you'll be pleased to know that coming to a billboard near you uh, shortly will be all of the advertising. So this, of course, is a very large government announcement. And with that comes the opportunity for us to partner with government advertising to see that this will go very widely right across the community. I've seen the proofs for some of the ads, they look gorgeous. I think the nice thing about kindy is that it always looks bright, fun, it's eye-catching, but we will have a, a full range of media out in semester two focused on families, reminding them that, you know, kindy got some clever little snaps and packages going to kindergartens about good play dates and, you know, come to kindy and have a trial day and have a fun day. But we've also got little pictures of children with like calculator apps on their phones going, you know, look, kindy's cheaper than you think and talking to that that concept to families because I, I do think for some kindergarten has been a, a privileged kind of year and not surprisingly the data would say you know white middle-class families have access to kindy for a long time but vulnerable groups and children with disability and Indigenous families haven't always engaged at the same rate so it really is talking to what we know is our problem of practice and that is that not all Queensland children um, have felt that they could go to to kindy or that families have felt that they could afford to go. So we'll see lots of billboards, just like all other good kindy counts campaigns that we've had across the department over time, we will have that out and about. We'll also have a package for school principals that they will be able to use in their newsletters. So we will have some little things coming their way that will help support that. You know, often it is our prep and year one and year two that know that there's another child coming in the family So, some of that promotion. So, we'll give you some things that you can help us um, as we partner together to actually get things out in school newsletters. So, there'll be more information coming in semester two, but keep your eye out for the campaign. It's called Kindy for All, and I think that's just a really nice way to badge or label what it is that we hope for Queensland children. It
0: takes us back to where we started talking about excellence and equity and inclusion. So. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, you know, um, the Director-General in all of the work is really privileging early childhood and that connection. We've got a lot of work that we also want to explore in cross-agency support. So often in the kindergarten space, um, it is about all of the other interagencies that also wrap around the ability for children to participate, like um, children in out-of-home care and a full range of of options there so some of the great work we've done in connect for children which some principals and um, in your region have been part of it's kind of like we need connect for children as place-based solutions in almost all locations but we'll step slowly there as we just you know have a good look at the data there's also lots of locations where all kids in town do go to kindy that that culture already built and that there'll be some principals listening to this that will go actually all of our kids in town go to kindy because we're in a small town and it's easy to work out who's who and the kindy program has been inclusive for a long time and many will find that that's also their story. For our state-delivered kindys, you know, that good work continues. They are doing an awesome job as well and we've got lots of support in that space across the schools in your region doing that. So a big shout-out to them. That That is not easy to do, and often you know, two or three are kindy kids joining in with prep or year one creates the opportunity. We will continue to look at. Often get asked is there further expansion of state delivered kindies, and it's not our intention or desire to open more state delivered kindies unless we need to. So where there is no kindy in town and we need to partner or where there is a kindy that's not viable and we need to find a solution with a central governing body, then we'll partner to do that and talk to them. But I, it's not, oh, great, they are going to open kindy in, in every school. near. You. No, we're not doing that at all. Uh, we're partnering with the sector, with families and with schools. And I think that's the right way to go for the work.
0: So, Deb, as we wrap up the conversation, is there anything else
1: that you wanted to share? I'll just reiterate to keep it simple and write that little something on your whiteboard or in your planner and go how connected am I to the kindy? And how connected is my school? And what more could we do? And where I'm in town with, I know it's a kindy teacher and a qualified teacher in the kindy room who perhaps is feeling professionally isolated in some of what they've had access to. It costs us nothing to open that invite and I'd encourage you to do that. Yeah, it's a
0: great tip and one that's a win-win, absolutely. Well, thank you, Deb, for coming on and talking to us all things kindy. Now, I did give you the heads up, though. We play a game at the end called the fast five questions that aren't so fast. So, Deb, are you ready to play?
1: Ready to play.
0: Great. So, Deb, when and where was your first teaching appointment?
1: So I'd reveal my age, but I believe it was 1990 and I was a first year teacher at Rockhampton State High School proudly in cq
0: yeah so there's that cq link really strongly
1: absolutely
0: deb when you think about your work what was the last thing that made you smile
1: Oh, probably a meeting in my office where we kind of drew a bit of a triangle and tried to put the work together in a different format and, you know, I think we'd all been sort of feeling like, oh, wow, it was that design together. There's just nothing more powerful than when you do your work with colleagues and with a team and you can actually design it together and then stand back and look at the whiteboard and go, yeah, that takes us forward. And watching people bounce out of my office um, after that, it, and pop back in a bit later and go, that's really good. Um, it was actually good because we did it together.
0: Yeah. Power of the group. Yeah. What's your best book or film recommendation?
1: I'm going with my latest. So I'm going with Cruella. And I think it's just was a great movie that kids and adults can both get something out of.
0: Did you take your children to
1: see a movie? No, because I wasn't that organised, but I might have watched it on Netflix. (laughs) Love it.
0: Deb, what's your favourite quote?
1: It's probably right back from when I was little. I can remember my dad saying to me, To be all that you want to be, you must dream of being more.
0: Yeah, that's a great one. Okay, and this one, I'm curious to hear what you say.
1: As far as things to see in CQ, what's our best kept secret? Well, it's an easy answer for me. It's the Mount Morgan Swinging Bridge and all of those people that worked with me in Rockhampton that are still in the region will know that I used to you know, say sometimes on a Sunday, let's all drive to Mount Morgan and go to the Swinging Bridge and have a picnic. And they used to think I was just quite mad. But I think there's something special in every town in CQ. And I, have of course, have worked in a few, but um, I picked Mount Morgan Swinging Bridge when I saw that. It was also my test, Trudy, that I'll be able to check in with a few people. And when they tell me they watched the podcast, I'll only know it's true that if they got to the end and know the answer to that question.
0: <laughs> I love it. That's great good one thanks deb and of course we'll put links in the show notes particularly to some of the pieces of work you've referenced in the kindy space so if people can go and read up and get a, a quick orientation to all things kindy
1: Yep, and of course, the team here are very happy to support that. Grant Webb, as you know, um, loves CQ and has a soft spot for it, as I do, and uh, we're very happy for any principal to make contact or check their thinking or share a great story or practice. So send those through to us as well. But thanks heaps, Trudy. Been a pleasure.
0: Thank you, Deb. We really appreciate it. If you have suggestions or recommendations for future episodes or you'd like to give us the gift of feedback, you can email us at cqcommunications at qed.qld.gov.au. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe in your favourite podcast app. You will find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and Deezer. If you know of an educational leader in central Queensland who may also enjoy listening to the conversations, please help us spread the word by telling them about the podcast or forwarding the email that comes each fortnight with the show notes. Thanks, Deb. Thank you for listening to Central Queensland Region's reading and learning podcast. We trust this conversation has given you the information and inspiration to lead so that every student in our region succeeds.